This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're trusting from the inside in episode number 121. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. And this week on the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, we're going to talk about a topic that I feel is really important, especially really important for pregnant women and for moms of new kids and littles, but it even remains important up into parenting the teen years, and I suppose we could say that it's a life lesson that's really important. But it's it's listening to ourselves and trusting ourselves. One thing about our culture is that Pregnancy and birth, and even early years parenting especially, have been made something something that's the domain and the realm of experts. First, I feel like it was the domain and the realm of doctors. They came in, and I've, I've actually been reading A History of Midwifery, which has been really interesting, just reading about how doctors came in and public health nurses came in And they took pregnancy from being something that was very much really woman-centered and moved it to focus on the expert. And I think there are some ways that that was a really good thing. The public health nurses came in and taught women about prenatal care, really teaching things that, that made a big difference that helped women understand that pregnancy is a time when I, I do need to treat myself differently when I need to do something different to help ensure a healthy baby, which is a lesson that I honestly think that most of us need to to hear. Even today, I feel like we don't understand enough. We know that we're supposed to go to prenatal care, but now, unfortunately, it has become that prenatal care is the panacea that changes everything rather than what you do between the appointments, which could be a completely different podcast. But these experts came in and changed pregnancy and even birth from being something that was more about the woman because it used to be in the older model that midwives were called at the time of birth. And there there were times when a midwife would go over perhaps before, but it, it didn't look anything like what we have today. So a woman went through her pregnancy on her own and then once the baby was there maybe she had a midwife to help but then the rearing of the child was up to the family depending on the family's socioeconomic class that may have looked very different some families may have employed a nanny or a governess or some children may have been sent away as fosterlings or once they were older as apprentices Other children, usually those in poor families, were just brought up by their families. And again, we can argue that there are changes today that may be for the better. Certainly, some of the child labor laws are for the better. Um, I sometimes wish that our children weren't so coddled away from being able to do anything productive with their time. But we can argue that a lot of the changes that we've made are for the better. But all of it has has led us to looking to somebody else, looking outside of ourselves. And this is even true with midwifery care, that the midwife is the provider who is the expert, and we look to her to answer all the questions and, and all of that. 
one of the things that I appreciate about the practice where I'm a student is that one of the things we really try and do is give women information, but then say, you know, it's it's really up to you. I have I've heard that many times when a woman is saying, you know, what what should I do is essentially her question, and we give her all the information, but we say, essentially, it's really up to you. And I think that's something that sometimes women aren't comfortable with, and I think women aren't comfortable with it because they don't trust themselves to make the quote-unquote right decision. That's what we're going to talk about today is how do you trust yourself during pregnancy because it was a specific question about how do I how do I trust myself, my intuition, my own thoughts, my own feelings, my own choices during pregnancy that inspired this podcast. But much of what we're going to talk about can also apply to birthing, your birthing time, to early mothering, and as you continue to mother your children and raise them up to adulthood. So how do you trust yourself? You know, what does trusting yourself even mean? Does it mean that you have some intuition that that gives you all the information that you need to know, that gives you all the answers, that you just, you know, that you just feel it within yourself what what you're supposed to know or what the right choice is supposed to be? Sometimes I believe that can be the case. I don't think that's the case all the time or even much of the time, especially when it does come to something like pregnancy and birth. If it's the first time you've been pregnant or given birth or parented, or if you're choosing to do things in a different way, even if something is different about this pregnancy from all your other ones, you may wonder, you may have questions, you may second guess yourself. Sometimes you might feel like I've made bad choices before. How do I know that this is the right choice now? Sometimes you might feel like I'm seeking for the right answer. I'm asking and I'm not getting an answer for myself. So I don't necessarily believe that quote unquote trusting yourself means that you always have the answer, that it always comes to you, that it always wells up in you from somewhere inside. And I know I'm defining by saying what it's not, but that's a good place to start. I also don't think that trusting yourself, trusting your body, trusting the process of pregnancy and birth, I don't believe that that necessarily always means that you're going to choose whatever is quote-unquote most natural or whatever is quote-unquote most hands-off. Sometimes your intuition, your inner knowing will tell you, I absolutely need to make a choice that takes advantage of some of the interventions that we have now. Sometimes you might say, I know I need to give birth in a hospital. You know, so sometimes, and that's just one issue, You know, sometimes there may be, for example, an ultrasound. That's a pretty charged one for some natural mamas is um, a lot of families choose to have an ultrasound and a lot of families choose not to. It doesn't mean that you're not listening to your intuition if you choose to have an ultrasound. What I'm asking you to do is not to make some blanket choice that's going to impact every other decision for the rest of your pregnancy, though you may have, you know, you may have a guideline. It's kind of like, 
at least when we go to the polls here in the United States, I don't know what it looks like in other countries, but say that we're voting on 10 different positions. So here in the United States, there's two major political parties, and you can choose uh, on the top of your ballot, there's a little circle, that you can, you can vote straight one party or another. So you can just use that default and say, I want to vote straight Republican, or I want to vote straight Democrat. Again, political parties in the U.S. as I record this. But say you normally vote straight Republican and there's this Democratic candidate for city commissioner and she's just fabulous. You love her. You've listened to her. You really feel she's the right choice. You can circle in her name and the rest of the ballot will vote what we call straight ticket. But her name will be chosen, and it won't vote for the, whoever the Republican candidate was. It will vote for the Democrats. So sometimes you might make a choice in your pregnancy. I'm going to try and, you know, I'm going to say I'm going to vote straight ticket. I want to, you know, say no to this test and no to this procedure and no to that one because I want to try and be as natural and hands-off as possible. But I want to choose to have this one and this one done. I mean, here's an example for me. I pretty much say no to, to most prenatal testing, but I do choose to have the blood work done at the beginning of my pregnancy, which helps establish a baseline for, uh, for iron levels. It takes a look at thyroid panel. It looks at vitamin D status, all of that sort of thing. I choose to say yes to getting my blood pressure tested at every appointment. I choose to pee on a stick. I choose to weigh myself, though sometimes I second guess myself. So I haven't chosen a completely hands-off pregnancy. I could decline those things. Um, I decline uh, using a Doppler during my pregnancy for my last two babies. I've said I don't want to use a Doppler routinely. Please use the fetoscope. But at my first appointment, uh, late in my first trimester or early in my second, I usually consent to the Doppler because I just, you can't hear the baby's heartbeat with the fetoscope that early. And it's just, it's something that I want to do. So I choose to vote straight natural ticket, straight hands-off pregnancy most of the way, but there are other times when I feel, okay, this has merit. I feel like knowing those baseline lab numbers has merit. It may never be needed later in pregnancy, but if it is, that was a relatively minor inconvenience for me. It didn't bother my baby at all, and those numbers are there. The same with my blood pressure. Relatively minor inconvenience to establish a baseline for me that can give valuable health information later on as we track it. Again, these are choices for me. I'm just using them as examples. But what I'm getting at is that you, you saying I'm going to listen uh, to my intuition or I'm going to listen to myself and honor myself doesn't mean that you always have to make what people might say are the predictable choices. And I'm assuming because you're listening to this podcast that you are more interested in perhaps a natural pregnancy or at least understanding more about the evidence and and sometimes evidence has its limits but you know evidence and what we're beginning to learn about the way that pregnancy and birth work and so you might be leaning more towards what some people call the quote unquote crunchy side more towards saying, no, I don't want that intervention. But what I'm telling you is that trusting yourself during pregnancy doesn't always mean that you're mistrusting of procedures. So it's not that you always have some magical intuitive sense on what to do. It's not that you 
always choose always you know a woman could choose most medical interventions and say no to some of them so you don't always choose no intervention no procedures and you don't always choose all interventions and all procedures you you really listen to yourself and look at those procedures so trusting yourself i feel it it ultimately is multifaceted there's we are multifaceted beings so we have a physical being we have an emotional being we have our a mind i feel like we also have spirituality which i think is what most people think about when they say intuition is they're like thinking about emotions and spirituality and we're not going to go off there but those are facets of our being so let's talk about trusting ourselves and how to build trust in ourselves and what it looks like with those different facets physical is a really good place to start because it's often a really easy way to listen to yourself it's it's often pretty obvious ask yourself what is my body saying and learn to listen to it. Sometimes we don't listen to what our body is saying to us, but it's often the easiest way to begin tuning in. So even if for years you have tuned out, say, your hunger signals, you can begin to listen to those now at this point. Am I hungry? Another thing that especially busy moms, busy women, career women, we as women in general, I think we tend to ignore fatigue so our body is saying i'm tired i'm exhausted i need a break we tend to ignore that but even if you spent years ignoring that you can start to be aware of that now boy i am really tired just before i recorded this podcast i said i really need to record the podcast this is the first afternoon that i've had the ability to sit down and work this week but I'm exhausted, I'm feeling a little crabby. I knew in my mind I probably wouldn't get much sleep because all my kids are here, the house is noisy, but I could take the opportunity to lay down, to close my eyes and to rest and to honor that. And I did, and I'm glad I did. Because now I'm much more enthusiastic, maybe still feel tired because I didn't get that. You know, I didn't really get into a good sleep. But it was good for me to listen to my body and honor that need to at least lay down and close my eyes and relax for a little bit. So you can start listening to that. And again, hunger. Am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I thirsty? There are other signs that your body gives. Food sensitivities or sensitivities to cleaners or other things in your environment are another thing that often our body gives. And sometimes we're not in tune with that. Sometimes we don't realize that that's what's causing these symptoms. But anytime you're having symptoms in pregnancy, if you're feeling fatigued and hungry and you have to pee all the time, that's probably because you're pregnant. But you might also explore other things. Am I feeling like this because of the way that I'm eating? Am I eating a lot of sugar or a lot of grains and I'm not getting a lot of protein and a lot of veggies? That can cause those feelings. Um, am I am I waking up with headaches in the morning? Maybe I'm dehydrated. Those are just things that I can that are coming to the top of my mind, but there are ways that you can listen to your body and 
And at first, like I said, you can just start to listen because you might think, well, yeah, I'm tired, but there's nothing that I can do about it. But I would challenge you, this is probably my biggest challenge for this podcast, an action item, so to speak. I don't always give those to you. But I would encourage you, once you finish listening to this podcast, take the next couple of days and listen to what your body's saying. And if there are cues that your body's giving you that you normally ignore, I challenge you to find a way to honor them or pick one of them to honor. So, do I frequently feel thirsty? How can I honor that thirst and make sure that I'm being hydrated? Or... If I usually feel tired, this is, again, I believe this is a really big one. So if this one is one for you, I would I would challenge you to really honor this. Say, okay, I feel tired. What's a way that I can find a way, maybe not to sleep, maybe not to sleep. Um, Scott got me a Fitbit for Mother's Day this year. If you have been watching my pregnancy vlogs, you've seen me talk about it already. But, and you can find those on the YouTube channel if you haven't. If you haven't been watching them, youtube.com slash birthbabycare. But the Fitbit has, my model Fitbit has a little relaxation thing on it. And you can either do a two or a five minute one. So I could take two minutes or five minutes to do a little guided breathing session with my Fitbit, which is a little, you know, a little sports and steps tracker. Could I find two to five minutes a day to give myself that guided breathing, to give myself that tiny pocket of rest in the day? Maybe I could find two times a day. Maybe I could find two times to do the five minute and then one time to do the two minute. You know, I could find that pocket of time in my day. One of the things that I often do personally is I listen to a pregnancy relaxation track because I know that even though I may not be able to sleep, I can listen to that and go through, that's about 30 minutes, go through a guided relaxation and really be able to focus on myself, on relaxing, and also on my baby, which is something that feels gratifying to me during pregnancy. So it may be for you that you can close the door to your office and take five minutes to close your eyes, to put you know to put your eyes in the palms of your hands and block out the light and really focus on relaxing your facial muscles. It might be when Scott was working uh, for the bank, he would go down on his lunch break to our van and just take a few minutes down in the van to rest. And I, I don't know if he put he probably put the heat on in the winter and the air on in the summer, but you know, 10 to 15 minutes of a little power nap for him was a good way for him to honor that need for rest. And he was able to do that during his lunch hour. So, you know, you may not, you may not be able to lay down and have a luxurious nap, but I would challenge you to find that time. And that's just talking about fatigue. Again, there are many other things that your body may be telling you but I use fatigue because it's often when I fall into this trap. I don't have enough time to honor what my body is telling me. And I want to challenge you to find the time. Because again, these physical things that our body is telling us are a very good way to start to trust ourselves to have confidence in what our bodies are telling us and what we know to be true literally in our very being 
and to honor that. And that gives you confidence. Uh, I did prenatal appointments yesterday in the office, and one of the moms was, um, she's she's very active pre-pregnancy, and she was a runner. So she's taken a couple of runs in the past few weeks, and she's, she felt good going into the run, but she said after the run, I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel good. And she said, I'm going to, you know, and I could see it was a struggle for her. She wants to run. That's part of who she is. That's part of what she does to feel that she's healthy and alive. Um, and But she said, you know, I'm walking. I'm still doing some light weights for maintenance. And there was something else. I don't remember what it was. But she said, so I'm, you know, I'm going to honor that oh hiking so it was you know just taking easy walks and then going on hikes sometimes with her husband and their older child so that is you know that's honoring what you know what i need to do for my body and i'm just going to be okay with letting the running rest and that i felt like that was really beautiful and i really appreciated her sharing that and i know she felt like she needed to share it but i appreciated hearing it and appreciated hearing how she was talking about, you know, honoring her body and listening to what her body needed. And that, again, is a very powerful, it's a very powerful lesson for all of us. Because then you start to have confidence in yourself. You know, you don't need, I mean, the, you know, my preceptor affirmed her and said, I think that's a good idea. You made a good choice. And if she had said, well, I'm, I'm still trying to run and I feel bad, would my preceptor, my supervising midwife have said, you know, it's okay if you stop the runs. I would I would actually really advise that you stop the runs. She probably would have. She probably would have. But it was nice to see this mom really listen to herself. And I think that, you know, all of us, me and all of you who are listening, can take a lesson from that and start to listen to ourselves. So the next facet that we really, is really obvious, I believe, is our emotions. So tuning into our emotions and and trusting our emotions. This one's different, I feel, than than the physicality, which because our physical signals tend to be very true. This is what's happening. Uh, Whereas emotions are more, you know, they're dependent on our perception of the situation. All of us can probably think of a time when we were upset or offended, most likely at another person, and only to have it clarified for us by that person or by somebody else that, you know, that's that's not what the situation was at all. And we're like, whoa, you know what? I can totally see that. So um, there was, a, you know, there was a situation with somebody in my family where I felt, I felt kind of like she was judging me or that she was disapproving of something. And it was really bothering me because it's a person that I, I really look up to and a family member. And, uh, and I was speaking to my, I, I've talked to a counselor a few times over the past few months, which is something else that's really good to do sometimes when you feel overwhelmed emotionally. But, um, but she said, you know, she also happens to know this family member. And she said, her responses are probably because of what she experienced when she was in your shoes. In other words, this family member is older, all her kids are grown. But when she was in my shoes and had a somewhat similar family situation, um, as far as, you know, 
rearing children and that sort of thing. But other circumstances were completely different, but it was a very difficult and hard time for her. And so, but once, you know, once the counselor pointed that out, I was just, I was stunned and, you know, oh, I, I had not thought about it that way. And that's probably completely valid because for her, that was a really, that was a really challenging time for my family member. And I think she was coming from a place of, she didn't want to see, you know, she didn't want to see me hurting. So my emotional response, which was to be hurt at what I perceived her response to be, was completely changed when I thought about it more from the family member's perspective. So that's what I'm saying with emotions is sometimes they're not not really straightforward. And sometimes our body's physical signs can, um, you know, they can deceive us too. Like if you're craving sweets, one of the things they say is you probably actually need more protein. So sometimes your cravings and things may be off. But usually, you know, if you're feeling tired, your body is tired. But emotions, sometimes, you know, we realize logically in our mind that this emotional response is inappropriate or I'm overreacting. But I would encourage you, despite that, despite that, to still tune into your emotions. As mature women, I believe that we know that sometimes our emotions are all over the place in pregnancy, while breastfeeding, while cycling. Mothering is a time of intense hormones and that's a good thing you know that's a good thing I think that's beneficial to us as women that's that's we are that reason or we are that way for a reason but sometimes it's still good to look a little bit objectively but don't ever erase your emotions completely because that's part of listening to you and that can be an important part of exploring yourself being introspective. I honestly believe that that's one of the biggest things that makes us human is our ability to be introspective and to say, huh, that made me really angry. You know, why did that? Why is that? What's going on there? Or I, I really felt scared in that situation. What's going on there? I felt powerless. Why is that happening? Being able to ask ourselves those questions, to a certain extent, that's good. Of course, you can take it too far and get caught up in introspection and not want to talk to other people. And I certainly think that we can be prone to self-flagellation, which is, which is not constructive. We want to realize that looking at a situation and, and being introspective about it and asking about, our, you know, how could I have reacted differently or better? And this is true with many mothering choices. Could I have made a better choice? And observing that, analyzing that, but then saying, okay, it was what it was. This is the lesson. This is the wisdom that I mined from that. And then moving on. Uh, don't get bogged down in it. But certainly, when you're feeling an emotional response to something... Learn to look at that and ask, why am I feeling that? What, what, is, what am I trying to tell me? What are these feelings from within me trying to communicate with the logical me? What's going on here? And I think it's valuable, you know, like if you feel like your emotions aren't the best response. So you know, I feel angry right now. I want to yell at this doctor. I'm really upset that my midwife did that. Of course, you're probably not going to scream at them, but your emotions, that emotion of anger, that all those warning bells and warning flags help you to, to figure out what happened here. Why did I feel this way? 
And then hopefully to move forward into dialogue and to, again, advocate for yourself better. And even if you feel like an alternate thing is maybe you feel like I can't fix things. So um, I've been struggling a lot lately just because there's there's been a lot of stress. Raising teenagers and toddlers and everything in between together is stressful. Parenting can be stressful. Parenting relationships between parents can be stressful. Trying to make parenting choices together um, with a partner can be stressful. And then our family has had a lot of financial stress lately. Uh, there just hasn't been as much money coming in. And and that's all of that is really stressful. And I find myself saying, you know, can I can I fix any of this? You know, what can I do to to really fix any of this? And I'm like, you know, sometimes I feel despair. And I say, I don't know that I can fix any of this. I'm tired. How am I supposed to fix all of this? You know, that's how I feel. Um, and so... And I share that with you because I hope that it helps you. And I share that with you because I want you to realize that you're not the only person who deals with these emotions that it's like, well, yeah, I have this emotional response, but what am I supposed to do with it? What I want you to, to say is, you know, I'm having these emotions and, and what's that saying? Are there changes that I can make? Are there things that I can do? Is Do I need to talk to somebody? Sometimes that's the thing that our emotions are telling us. I feel this. I want to talk to somebody. And sometimes it can feel scary, especially when we're, you know, when we're talking about our partner or a doctor or a midwife. It can be, it can feel scary. But again, listening to our emotions and our intuition helps us realize I'm having a hard time with this. And sometimes you might seek help that's outside those scary things. Like I said, I've talked to a counselor. She's a pastor from a local church, not our church, but, you know, she off, she offered and, um, and I was willing, you know, I had a friend who, who recommended her and, (laughs) and it's just, it's been really helpful because I guess, because she's a safe person and she's also an objective person and I can share with her, these are things that I'm feeling, this is what's going on. And she has perspectives that I wouldn't have had. You know, so these feelings, even though I can't quote unquote fix everything right away, I mean, I wish that I could, you know, flip a switch and everybody in my house would be cheerful and my bank account would be well padded. But the fact of the matter is, is, you know, it's going to take time. It's going to take work. It's going to take creativity. It's going to take tenacity. It's going to take consistency with the kids. It's going to take a lot of talking. And it's, it's good to realize that I can have those emotions validated within me. That, you know, it's normal to feel what you're feeling, Kristen. And also that somebody else's perspective can help me realize, yeah, I've got these emotions. It feels really tough right now. But you're going to make it through this. So sometimes it will mean that you go to somebody else. And, and some of the encouragement that I've, I've gotten is, you know, you need, you need to really sit down and talk, you know, with your husband or your partner and really fill these things out. Or 
Um, you know, Scott and I haven't seen anybody together, but sometimes that's helpful too, especially in interpersonal relationships is, is can we talk to somebody together? But it's by tuning into these things and not sticking your head in the sand and also not playing a martyr. I think that's what often happens with our emotions as women. Um, and I see this with my kids too, both boys and girls. And so maybe men do it too. It's just not, you know, I'm more more in tune with it. No pun intended with this episode, but um, but with us as women is, oh, everything's horrible, but I'm just going to put on a brave face and I'm going to go forward and I'm going to pretend like it's not. I'm not telling you to wallow in self-pity, but if things are tough, honor that your emotions, that your stress level, that, you know, that your entire body is saying things are tough and say, what's one step I can take? Here's another homework assignment, you know, what's one step I can take to help make things not so tough? And another thing to remember if you are in a tough place in your life is that there is a good chance that this will pass. And can you play a part in helping it pass? One of the things that in my ladies Bible study, we've been studying an Ann Voskamp book. I think it's called 1000 Gifts. Um, and doing the, the study with that, it's, it's really been challenging in many ways. Um, but, you know, one of the things that um, that she's talking about is is, you know, showing gratitude and for even the tough times. And one of the ways that she encourages you to do that is by looking back at prior tough times in your life and seeing how did I come through those? Am I still in those tough times? And some tough times go on for a long time. Like um, my mom's been chronically ill since I was in the fifth grade. That's challenging. But I can see other tough periods in my life, other really dark times in my life that are, you know, they're gone. They're not, they're not there anymore. I I made it through those dark times. And how did that happen? And did that happen? And that's helpful. So I think when we're looking at our emotions, even feeling like, I can't fix this, so why listen to this? It's valid to listen to it. And, and it is valid to say, I've been through tough stuff before, and I can do this, and I can honor myself and knowing that, you know, this is a tough time, but I can do it. Another facet that I feel is really important to cover when we're talking about listening to ourselves and trusting ourselves is that it's not all inside. So you do not have to be an island. You do not have to be an infinite well of knowledge or and I think this goes back to what I what I talked to a little while ago on the intuition thing. You don't have to be an island of amazing intuition like some, you know, some some oracle in Greece, ancient Greece or something. That's not that's not your role in life. If you need to seek outside knowledge, that's okay. That's okay. That goes back to what I was saying uh, that I appreciate about the the practice that I'm a student midwife with is we give women information. We actually work on information sheets that that show, you know, pros and cons of various things and try and give uh, a balanced viewpoint. Our senior senior student right now, she's about to graduate, uh, but she's made a really concentrated effort that I, I greatly appreciate to go back over all the information sheets and, and make sure that they're up to date and that they're clear and, and that as much as possible, they're unbiased. I mean, they may present some facts that are pretty condemning on one side or the other because that's just what the evidence says. But she's tried to make them clear and leave them 
leave the decision for the parents, but we still give that knowledge. So a parent who's asking, for example, about vi the vitamin K shot or giving oral vitamin K or doing no vitamin K supplementation, those are three options that we cover in our information on vitamin K. You know, she, the mother or the family, they may not have had that knowledge beforehand and seeking out that knowledge. What do I need to know about the injection? What do I need to know about oral vitamin K? What do I need to know about not giving either one of those? She she may not have had that knowledge, so she needs that knowledge. And then she can take that and make a decision. Sometimes you're going to consult experts. Sometimes you're going to ask your midwife or your doctor, what do you think about XYZ? Or I'm questioning XYZ and I want to know your thoughts. That was one thing that I appreciated about the family practitioner that we had before. And now I'm so blessed that we found a great nurse practitioner close to our house because our family doctor retired. Um, but I really value the fact that I could go into either one of their offices and say, you know, this is what I'm finding in particular often about vaccination, but this is what I'm finding about this vaccine. I want to know what your thoughts are. And then she, both of them happen to be women, then she will say, these are my thoughts. These are my feelings. But then she says, you know, you take that and you make the choice for your family. That's really valuable. And I want to know their professional opinion. I want to know what they think. And I'm going to take that and it's going to become part of what I know. I respect both of these women greatly. Um, both because of the people that they are and because I respect the work that they've done and the education that they've had. And the fact that both of them have looked into these topics too because they know that it's something that's important to, to the families they're caring for. So I'm not saying that trusting our intuition means we don't ever look outside of ourselves. We might consult books, we might consult papers and medical journals, we might consult magazine articles, we might consult the internet. I mean, all of you ladies have found me because of the internet, so, you know, I can't, um, I can't say too many bad things about the internet, just to make sure the source is good. But, um, you know, you might consult your friends, you might ask your family members. So trusting in yourself doesn't mean being totally closed to outside knowledge. But what you do is you take that knowledge and you, you bring it in to you. So one of the things that I tell the women in my mama baby birthing classes, which are my online childbirth class series, is that they can trust themselves and their instinct during birth and that taking a birthing class is not saying I don't trust my instinct, I don't trust my body, because at least my classes encourage you to completely trust yourself, to completely trust your body, and to listen to yourself during your birthing time. But my classes also give you knowledge that complements that. And what I tell them is it becomes part of your intuition. So you learn skills and you understand the hormones in labor. And it's like, it's like when you're putting together a puzzle you put the border together first and and you're looking at the picture on the box but at first you're able to put like you know you've got your border and then you've got kind of groups of pieces but it's a huge puzzle a 500 1000 piece puzzle maybe even bigger and it's not making sense but then suddenly you can connect two of those groups and all of a sudden the picture starts to emerge and literally 
the other pieces begin to fall in place. And so when I'm teaching women to trust their bodies and to trust their babies and to trust birth and what that means, that's what I feel like doing is you have a lot of the pieces, but I'm going to show you how they connect together so that during your birthing time, everything falls in place, all these little pieces, and the pieces may be different for different women. You know, for one woman, the birth ball may be a piece that is really a tool that she's able to use. For another woman, understanding the hormonal map, the hormonal blueprint of pregnancy and birth is really the missing piece that she needs to have the confidence to truly honor what's going to happen. So it's different for different women, which is why I cover a lot in the classes. But this is, you know, this is knowledge that I feel like giving to women helps them to better honor themselves. And that's just one example, you know, what I, the example I gave from my life, like talking about vaccinations or anything like that. You might consult experts and books and studies and that, all that stuff that I mentioned before, but it doesn't mean that you're ignoring you. And that's something I want to, I feel it's important to emphasize to you and that um, I want to validate for you because you've probably felt kind of like, well, I don't know it all. How am I supposed to know it all? And especially you may have felt like, you know, kind of the natural quote unquote movement says to be mistrustful of care providers and this, that, and the other or care providers who have particular letters after their name are okay and others are not okay. So I want, you know, I want you to, to realize that whomever you feel you need to consult that's a valid choice. I want you to take that information and I want you to use the rest of what's in you, but can that information be part of making the right decision for you? Yes. So use that to complement what else is going on in you. You know, your thinking and your feeling and sometimes there may be there may be a situation where physically, especially if it's not a right decision, like physically, you just don't feel good when you think about it. And that could be a big sign from your from your body, too. Sometimes you have to get over it. I can give an example. This morning, my kids went around to some local businesses uh, asking them to help with a fundraiser for one of their 4-H activities. And, you know, I can bet that they had butterflies in their stomach and they pushed through, which is the right thing to do. But sometimes, you know, physically, if we're just, it feels wrong and physically we feel sick or something, you, it's good to listen to that. So again, this is really, this is really about learning to feel confident in yourself, feeling confident in the research that you've done feeling confident in your feelings, feeling confident in what your body is telling you. And then you take that forward with your with your care providers. Um, and, you know, this is like, this is something that I guess is the crux of where I'm going. Because the reason why you want to trust yourself during pregnancy and during your birthing time and um, and when you're birthing or when you're raising up your baby is because you will come into contact with experts or family members or friends or somebody who's saying, you know, something different than what you feel is to be right. And I want you to have learned to listen to yourself and to stand up. Um, a, a really good example, if you want to hear about how a mom took this and did this, is to listen to the podcast episode. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, the podcast episode with Hannah. Uh, and she, it was a two-parter, so we did two episodes, but the first one, both of them are wonderful. The first one especially, though, she talks about learning to, or she talks about advocating for herself, and just the way that she did that is a really good example, I think, for, um, you know, for, for advocating for yourself when you feel strongly, as Hannah did, that 
this is not the right choice for me or this is the choice that I want to have. And actually listening to her second one might be good too because she talks in the first one about opting out of a lot of routine procedures. Um, And then she talks some, and we talk about this, I think it was in the second one when she chose to have an unassisted birth, but still um, chose to break her baby's bag of waters herself, which if you're in the natural birth world, that's kind of a no-no thing. But she talks about how she felt like that was really the right choice for her. And so, again, I appreciate that because, again, you're seeing how a mom made choices for herself and stood firmly in those choices because she was listening to her and what she felt was right for her. And will our, you know, will will trusting ourselves always lead us in the right direction? No, because again, we make decisions that aren't right and later we go, wow, I should have made a different decision or I didn't have all the facts. But I feel like much of the time it will serve you well. And when you're talking with care providers, you can have that that calm assurance that says, you know, I've considered this really strongly and this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. One thing, again, with my nurse practitioner is that, you know, we've considered these issues with vaccines and this is what I want to do. And she nods and smiles and because she knows we've talked about it and she knows I've made that decision. And it's especially important when you're dealing with pregnancy and birth where sometimes, a lot of times, women are treated like children who don't really know anything or they're expected to listen only to the expert and not to listen to themselves and not to question the protocols when in reality a lot of the protocols deserve questioning so that's what i want you to take forward that's what i want you to take forward Um, another thing that i wanted to talk about is because this hits home for me is what about if you feel like your intuition is broken? So I'm talking about listening to your feelings and things, but, you know, I feel like I have no intuition. Like some women, this is a big one for me, some women feel like they know, is their baby a boy or a girl? And I feel like my, like, boy or girl intuition is totally, totally bonk. It's just broke. Um, And so, you know, what do you do if you feel like, my feelings aren't, they're not right. I'm always wrong about things. I always pick the wrong option. So I would encourage you to say, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I can't predict that. Maybe my feelings about if my baby is going to be a redhead or not were wrong. Or like, I felt like, you know, this baby is super active, so they're going to be totally hyper. And, and then I get this like super chill laid back kid that I have to really prod to get to go outside to play. Or again, I really felt like this choice was the right choice. This happens sometimes in birth. So I felt like, I was definitely going to have a super peaceful water birth. And then in the moment, I did not want to be in the water. I needed to be on land. Um, does, you know, does that mean that our intuition or whatever is broken? No. Sometimes it means that you know, this opportunity has come to be a learning experience for us to teach us something. And so what are we supposed to learn? But just because you may not have intuition or have made the right call or the right prediction of something doesn't mean that you don't listen to yourself on other things. You know, just because I can't say like some of my friends without a shadow of a doubt that this baby is a boy or a girl doesn't mean that my body is wrong or I'm wrong when my body is saying, Kristen, you really need to take an afternoon nap or hey, hey, my baby's like got the umbilical cord and is ringing the bell. You haven't eaten enough today, mom. You know, I need to listen to that. And, you know, when my intuition really, or not not necessarily my intuition, but, you know, when I really feel strongly about something, 
like this is this is what we need to do for the business or my kids need to be involved in this activity i just feel like it's really important or we really need to make this choice with vaccines it doesn't mean that that's invalidated just because one thing that i feel like i should be intuitive about i'm not so just because you feel like you you're not a super intuitive person doesn't mean that you shouldn't listen to what your body's saying and I think we're getting long, so I'll wrap up. But the one thing that I really, one thing that has really spoken to me a lot throughout my, you know, 16 plus years from starting my pregnancy and mothering journey is when you doubt yourself, remember the wisdom that your body already has. This is something I feel is powerful to take into birth when we feel like, I don't know if I'll know how to birth this baby. Is especially if you're pregnant right now, you know, look down at your belly or if, or if you're not you're not showing yet, you know, put your hand there over where your baby is and say, you know, what instructions did my body need to have to do what it's doing? What instructions to start this amazing process of creating an, a new human being and I believe welcoming a new soul earth side you know, what What instructions had to be given? What was really needed? There was nothing needed. Your body had that wisdom. Your body knows how to do that. Maybe your body's already done it. Maybe this is the first time. Maybe you're waiting for that time to come. But, you know, you can trust. And then you can think, even if you're not pregnant, you can think beyond that, you know, put your hand over your heart. My heart's beating. Fill your chest, your abdomen, going in and out with your breath. You know, my body has the wisdom to do all of these things. And like Ann Voskamp encourages in the book that I mentioned from her, look back over the tough times that you've already come through. Look back at times when you made the right choice based on feeling, based on intuition, based on knowledge that you had gathered, and know that you can work on that. You can grow that confidence. And I believe the ability to consult others and to look at all of the facts and to, to be introspective about our emotions and not always take them on face value. I believe all of that adds up to something that is a beautiful thing for us to gain, which is wisdom. You know, but that you already have started building that collective wisdom and it's come forward into the woman that you are today. And I encourage you to continue building that wisdom, to continue building that who you are and move forward, um, trusting that woman into tomorrow. Okay, ladies, with that, we will we will wrap up for today. I hope this episode was good for you. I think it was good for me. I will look forward to talking to you next week. In the meantime, if you're interested in checking out Mama Baby Birthing, which I mentioned earlier, and, and how, I, how I use that to encourage you to listen to your intuition and listen to your feelings and to just become confident in yourself 
throughout your pregnancy and your birthing experience and throughout your early motherhood journey. You can check that out at mamababybirthing.com. That's M-A-M-A babybirthing.com. I would love to see you on the Q&A call next week. I'm always available to share with you my wisdom, my experience, and the knowledge that I have and I continually try and gain on the Q&A call each week, or you can go through the classes self-paced. It's up to you what you want to take advantage of, but I am always here for you. With that, that's at mamababybirthing.com, and I will talk to you next week. Have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.